0: Thank you, Lord. Give, give the Lord some praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Guests, visitors, we're so glad you're here. We are honored to have you here. We're really, really glad that you came and worship with us today. And we hope you come back. Um, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 19. Um, We're going to continue in our study about Paul the Apostle and his letter he writes to the Philippian church. Philippians 1 and verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Oh excuse me. <laughs> you got mail. Ain't supercomputer phones awesome? They give and take away, Brother Larry. (laughs) Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. We praise You, Lord. Your will be done in this service. Thank You, Lord, that we will leave here refreshed and energized and, and ready to be that servant that You've called us to be, Lord. And we will lean on You for the strength and direction and wisdom that we need, Lord. That we will have a hunger and desire to get into Your Word, Lord, and be obedient to it. We love you and praise you. Thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in the church said, Amen. amen. Give the Lord some praise one more time. God is good, amen. God is good. We have so much to give thanks to the Lord about. I know there's people... Um, in this service this morning that have lost loved ones recently, I know that there's people in this service um, that are that are fighting for their life. I know that there are people that are uh, in this service that are, are having extreme financial issues, relationship issues, and all sorts of things. Um, but you know what? You're in the right place because we still serve a mighty, mighty God. We serve a God that is faithful. Amen? So, let, let just, let's just get excited about what God's doing in your hearts and in your homes. You know, I know it's been a long, hard road for a lot of us, but let me tell you this, God is faithful. Amen? Philippians 1 and verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now, If you don't already know, and you should know, but maybe you don't know, this is the Apostle Paul writing a letter of encouragement to the Philippian church, the church in Philippi, in Macedonia, a very special church for the Apostle Paul, a special group of friends. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul is going through an extremely difficult time in the natural. This guy's in prison. OK, um, he's in prison for, for he hasn't broken any laws other than spreading the love of Jesus Christ, encouraging people and leading people to the cross of Christ. And he's fallen under extreme persecution. He's locked up. And he doesn't really actually have a clue. He doesn't really know what tomorrow holds for him. He's got some things that he wants to happen. OK, but he knows God is faithful. Amen. He knows his God is faithful, and he knows whatever God decides is going to be best. Can I get a witness? Listen to what I just said this morning. Listen to what I just said. He knows that his God is faithful, and he knows whatever God decides is best for him. Amen? So here's the Apostle Paul. He, he shoots off this letter of encouragement, and he, he began to tell the Philippian church about how precious they were to him and how when he when he thinks about them he's just so excited and overwhelmed with with joy and love this guy he's going through a hard time but he's encouraging this other church he's encouraging uh his spiritual children and he says that i pray for you guys i pray for you guys all the time and now we see something uh different a little bit different in this verse now check it out for remember paul said i've been praying for you guys I pray that you grow in relationship with the Lord, okay? Now look here, for I know that through your prayers, Paul's asking them for something now. And that's really the meat of what I want to talk about this morning is, is Paul is, is asking his friends, guys, will you pray for me? I'm going through a tough time right now. Will you pray for me? And, and as that spiritual leader, he's not letting them in on everything that he's going through. You know, but he, he is throwing this their way. Guys, I love you, and I pray for you, and you guys have been so good to me. You, are, you have a special place in my heart. Now I'm asking you for a favor. Will you please pray for me? And so let's, let's analyze ourselves. But do we do, when we pray, is it all about what God can do for me? Let's be honest with ourselves. You don't have to say anything, but just think about it. When we pray, is it all about what God can do for me? Is it? Do I pray? Do I just pray for, for, for my little core family group? Um, those are things we need to pray for our family. But look around. This is your family as well. You know, this is your spiritual family. This is the part of the body of Christ that you feel like God has called you to be at, you know. And so we need to be there for one another. And so the Apostle Paul, he's breaking it down. Guys, pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I, I do that. You know, there, there's folks that I'll call. And I'll say, hey, ma'am, uh, all is well, but I got this going on. I, I, I got this going on. It's a little bit heavy. Pray for me. You know, and one of the biggest blessings I receive on, on, on a daily basis is, is when one of my loved ones in this congregation, and you know who you are, you know, will send me a text or a message. Hey, man, I know you're going through this or you got this going on. I'm praying for you. It means so much to me. And see, we should be able to do that for one another. I know our lives are hectic and our lives are busy and they're crazy, you know. But see, just like the Apostle Paul, he's saying, guys, man, I love you. I want you to know I'm praying for you all the time. But look you here, man, lift me up in prayer too. I'm in this jailhouse. I'm in this, I'm in this jail cell. I'm in this situation that I, re- I really don't like, but, you know, God's using me while I'm here. I mean everybody everybody knows what I'm in here for and I'm spreading the gospel, you know, but there's some big stuff coming my way, you know. And I just need I need God's guidance, I need God's peace. Pray for me. And we should do that for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Does that make sense this morning? We need to do that. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, see it's it's our prayers that activates the power of Jesus so many times in our life. Does that make sense? That Okay, well, let me put it like this. The Scripture says sometimes, I'm paraphrasing, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes God is ready to move in your life. But He's saying, man, I need you to do your part. You know, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says that He will help us, you know, that He will strengthen us. In other words, God says, I want you to do your part as well. You know what I mean? He wants us to grow in that relationship with him. He wants us to grow in that trust and that dependence on him. Says so sometimes you don't have because you simply don't ask. Sometimes you don't have because you're asking for the wrong reason, you know, for selfish reasons. But for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, I need you guys to be at prayer for me. I need you guys to uh, just take heaven by force for me. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. See, the Apostle Paul is—we're going to find out uh, in the in the verses that more than likely we'll get to this morning—he's he's, he's saying I'm I'm kind of caught between two worlds. I'm I'm between two two big decisions here, you know. Either one is cool with me, okay. But what I'm really looking for is deliverance one way or another something needs to change and i feel like something is about to change in my life this is what the apostle paul is saying so i know that your prayers my prayers the holy spirit i'm going to get delivered through this situation whether i get free out of jail that's great that's that's wonderful that's awesome Okay. I'm going to get right back to work. Matter of fact, I ain't took a day off. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, obedient to the Lord and serving the Lord and being his servant the whole time I've been in, in the big house. You know what I mean? I I haven't took a day off yet. So if I get out, that's great. That's awesome. But if the Lord takes me home, that's cool too. But I just need you guys to pray for me. Does that make sense, church? Matter of fact, look at James 5 and verse 17. It's on your bullets in there. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. This is James, half-brother of Jesus Christ, and, and his letter is simply amazing. Check it out. Read it. I think it's like five short chapters, and it is, it is just a, it'll blow your mind. It's so wonderful. All God's people look at your neighbor and say, it'll blow your mind. It'll, and then make it sound like a, a small-scale explosion. Or, or never mind. James 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Okay, underline that. Underline that in your neighbor, neighbor's Bible or make a mental note. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray this. Pray for one another. The Apostle Paul says, pray for me, guys. Pray for me. James says, we need to pray for one another. And you, you can find that throughout Scripture. We are supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. And it's not just praying about, about the things that I want. You know? And there is a time for petition in our prayers. But you know, when we pray, we're, we're, we're supposed to be getting our eyes, our, our thoughts off of ourselves and onto the Most High God. You know? we're, we're getting our eyes off of ourselves for a little bit and focusing on God and His goodness. And we say, Your will be done, Lord. I don't know what to pray for for my buddy in church. I don't know what the right path is, Lord, but Your will be done in this situation. Okay? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now listen to this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And we used to have, Brother Larry, do you remember that? We used to have that right over here. You know, it was hanging up right here. There was, this, there was this sign. Brother Larry, did you put that up? Well, okay, all right. Uh, for some reason, I got you connected to this. But there was a sign that says, "The prayer of a righteous uh, person availeth much," and it was up there for years. And we need to remember that, man. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. Okay, listen. Your prayers have great power. Okay, my prayers never get answered. Okay. Well, look here. Sometimes, sometimes, like I said, we have not because we ask not. And James will also say sometimes you don't have it because you're asking for stupid stuff, you know? Like when your kid asks you for a machete or something, like, no, no, dude, no, 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 put that up. Where'd you get that? We ain't telling mom about that. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just ask for the wrong stuff for the wrong reasons. And sometimes our prayers don't get answered because God's like, not, not yet, not yet. He answers it just not the way we want. You know, saying like, no, not yet. Or sometimes we don't have it because our fellowship has been suffering with the Lord. There's a roadblock that we've, that we've allowed to come up between our relationship with the Lord. You know, our sins have cut us off from our God. So one thing we need to do when we pray is to repent of all our unconfessed sins. Every time we go to the Lord, Hey, look, Father God, if there's anything between me and you where I've broken your law, i repent. I'll, I'll, you know, we see it God's way. Does that make sense? These things that are not good, these things these, these things, that are not productive to my relationship with the, Jesus, for, with the Lord Jesus. I repent of these things. Amen. What I'm trying to say is sometimes we have erected roadblocks between us and God's provision that He wants to pour out. Does that make sense? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. I don't want to focus too much on this verse in James, but we should address this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Okay, what is that talking about? Does that mean I need to go let everybody know my business? No, nah, it doesn't mean that, man. You need to be very wise about that, matter of fact. You know what I mean? There's people I go to to talk to about, about my temptations and things like that. What this is talking about is us being accountable to somebody. You know what I mean? For us to have somebody that we can talk to and encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. Hey, I'm struggling with this issue. Hey, I dropped the ball with this a couple times here recently. Okay, that's something that we need to do. That's something that I'm pretty sure is lacking in a lot of our lives. I know it's lacking in my life, but I do have a couple brothers that I run to and that I talk to about certain things that I go through, and we all need to do that. See, it says right here, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Be honest. Be honest about your temptations. Be honest about your failures. Don't let them bring you down. But get them out there. Uh, have a be accountable to somebody where you can encourage one another. Does that makes sense. Need to move forward, and use wisdom when you do that. You know, let God reveal to you that person. Just, just, just be careful who you share your private business with. You know what I mean? Some people ain't going to keep it private. You know. And, and I'll be honest, man. No, I'm. You know what? We're just moving forward. Let's just move forward. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Verse 20. As it is, my eager expectation and hope. Paul says, this is my expectation, man. This is what I fully expect from God. And this is what I hope. This is what my heart wants to happen. As it is, my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. so i I don't even know what to say right now Let me see. Uh, huh all right, I apologize for that, okay. Now look here. Let's bring it back in, guys, and I do apologize about that. It is kind of funny, though, right? As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether life or by death. The Apostle Paul says, I got this situation here where I might not be above ground much longer. Okay. And he's got that hanging over his head. And he's like, if, 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 if God chooses, if God allows me to live, if God allows these bars to be open and I get set free, I'm, I'm not retiring. I'm not going and finding a shady tree and setting up a lemonade stand. I'm going. I'm going to continue doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord. He says, I want to honor God, whether I live, or I die. I know why I exist. I exist to give God glory and honor by my life with the things I think about, the things I do. And so with this hanging over his head, this possible execution, you know, he's like, you know, I want to go out strong. If that's God's plan for me, God, give me the strength. People, Philippians, pray for me. Pray for me. I know how I feel right now, you know, but, I'm not taking that walk. I'm not marching out to the hangman's noose. I'm not marching out to the cross. I'm not marching out to get my head cut off at the chopping block at this moment. I feel confident right now. But I I, I, I haven't been there yet. That is the unknown for me what that is going to feel like. I know God is faithful. And I know that's a very big possibility for me. And I pray and I want you guys to pray for me as well. Let me honor God in the way I die. Let me be able to hold my head up strong. Don't, don't let me get into some foolishness where, where I'm saying, it will, you know, get me out of this. I'll do whatever you want. He's saying, no, 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 I can't do that. I got to be strong. And remember, we can do all things through Christ. All right. The Apostle Paul is just saying, you know, I, I can't do everything, but I can do everything through the Holy Spirit. So this is a real need in my life. This is a real reality in my life that I might have to do this and be in front of a bunch of unsaved people. And I want to leave them with the same kind of testimony I saw Stephen when I was there at the martyr of Stephen and how he was glorifying God in the way he went out. That's how I want to go out if I'm going out. Give him some praise. Verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I say this a lot at funerals. <laughs> I say I say it to myself, man. You know, and I'm okay. Listen to this verse again. It's just a few verses. I mean, it's just a few words. Let it sink in. For to me is live, for to me to live is Christ. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, Christians people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. People that realize I'm a sinner, I've messed up, I've broken God's law, and I need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You say those words, and you mean that? Okay, you are a new creation in Christ. And to die or to live, it's a win-win. It is a win-win situation for the believer. The world, the unsaved, They cannot claim that. They don't understand what's waiting for them. And like I said, I'm around people that, that are passing away, are near passing away quite often. And there's a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. There's a peace in the believer. I'm not saying they're looking forward to that journey. I'm not saying that there isn't some anxiety, but there's also peace above all. There's peace above all that all is well with my soul. And so Paul's saying, you know, if I die, that's gain, man. That is far better than you guys could ever imagine. That's what he's saying to the Philippians. You guys, man, it's just amazing. And I'm ready for it. I'm stoked up for it. But to live is Christ. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing what I've done since the day I was saved. Spreading the Lord's gospel, setting up churches, encouraging the saints, leading the lost to the foot of the cross, doing the thing. So if God keeps me around here on planet Earth, i got air in my lungs and blood floating through my veins, I will to be doing the Lord's work. But if He takes me home, that's gain. That's better. Paul also understands, man, that when we go to that other side, when we cross the uh, other side of Jordan, God puts us to work there, man. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to have these shackles there. I'm not going to have all the burdens of of my body deteriorating and all the pain that courses through my bones and my muscles on a daily basis because of all the beatings and stonings and floggings and shipwrecks and everything that I've been through for the cause of Christ. I'm not going to have to deal with that anymore. I'm going to be in the presence of my Lord and Savior. But that's, that's all right with me, man to to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm going to be about His business no matter where I find myself. You know what I mean? Can I get a witness? Let's go to the next slide. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Ain't got no slides. Verse 22. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor. I like how the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's got some junk. Over, I mean, he... Imagine in the natural what what kind of weight is over this man's head. You know what I mean? At any moment, he could be grabbed, took into a harsher prison. At any moment, um, he could be grabbed, took to the chopping block. You know, that's the situation he was in. You know, but he says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor. I like how he's optimistic. I like how he puts all this. Listen, I like how he puts all his trust in God. He knows how God does the thing. He knows how God does the thing, Donnie. Like, I'd be obedient to the steps that God has given me, and God's going to make sure that it bears fruit. He's like, it's going to be fruitful. If I'm around, it's going to be fruitful. Number one, I ain't quitting. I ain't giving up. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep doing the thing. All right? But he said it's going to be fruitful. And if you look at Paul's track record in his missionary journeys, it's it's the same thing every single time: preach the gospel, and here comes somebody causing trouble. Preach, is, preaching the gospel, then there's this this trouble, you know, that could that could discourage Paul, but he pushes through it. He pushes through it. Preach the gospel, preaches through the trouble, doesn't give up, bears much fruit. All the time. Same for your life, man. Uh, I mean, not even Christian stuff, man, but just working hard, man. You push through the pain. No pain, no gain, right? Okay? That's the same for doing the Lord's work, man. There's going to be opposition. Every single time you try and do the right thing, Satan's going to attack your mind. There's going to be people that will come up and say, man, I can't. What a knucklehead. You can't do this. I know who you are. I know who you used to be. Uh, oh, I'm not that person anymore. Meh 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 what's wrong with that (laughs) okay if i am to live in the flesh that means fruitful labor for me yet which i shall choose i cannot tell paul's like uh you know it's been a tough one i ain't gonna lie it's been a tough one it's been a hard road man i don't know which one i would choose man i don't i honestly don't know it's like i'm i'm to live is fruitful labor for me. I know God's going to use me. And there's be honest, there's some places I would like to go. Philippians, I'd love to see you again face to face. You know, but if God takes me home, man, that's, that's just crazy awesome. Okay. Everybody with me? But you see here, you see the servant's heart of the Apostle Paul. Because... After being thrown in the slammer so many times and going through the beatings and all this stuff, one might have the tendency to say, you know, if I get out of this, man, I might just go, uh, find me a little island out in the Mediterranean and just, you know, sell she shells by the seashore or something, you know, something just get out of the old business, you know, and, but he's like, no, he's got that servant's heart. He's like, I'm going to keep serving no matter what. And even if it costs me my life, I want to serve God up until that last moment and then clock in a second later. Okay, look at Matthew 25 and verse 21. His, his master said to him, okay, this is, this is one of Jesus' parables. I'm not going to go into the parable itself, but just look at this. We're talking about the servant's heart of the Apostle Paul and how you as a Christian are called to be a servant of the Most High God. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Wouldn't it be good to hear that one day? Wouldn't it be wonderful and amazing to hear that one day? His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. And I want to encourage you guys, man, Christian soldiers, you know, Bible-believing Christian folk, man, serve where you're at. Where you're at right now, maybe it's not the place you want to be. You think the Apostle Paul is, is just stoked that he's in prison right now? I'm sure he's pretty used to it. Happened to him all the time, you know. And he said, the word of God ain't bound. I'm still working. I'm still working and other people are spreading the gospel. That's what, how the Apostle Paul was looking at it. But I, I just want to encourage all you guys, just like the Apostle Paul, serve God where you're at. Serve God with what you're going through right now. Let that be a testimony. Let that be a witness to other believers. Let that be a witness and a testimony to a lost and dying world that there's something different about you. Amen. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Think about that. Seriously, give me your ears for a second and think about that. Listen to what I just said there's so, so, so often we want to be up here. We want, we want to have our name in the big lights or something like that. Well, that's a problem right there because it's not about your name in the big lights, man. It's about giving God glory. That's what the Apostle Paul, he had a handle on that, man. He's like, it ain't about me. It's about you. So whatever you choose, that's going to work because I'm going to, I'm going to serve you. But listen, God says, be faithful in the little things. Be faithful where you're at now. Serve Him where you're at now. Give your all to God where you're at now. Don't just have your hands crossed and be frustrated and say, well, God, you can use me so much better in this area. You know, advance me, man. I need, I need a pay raise. You know, man, be faithful where you're at. Be faithful where you're at. Serve God with all your heart where you're at. And he'll get you to that place he needs you to be. Amen. Have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I can't wait to hear them words. I mean, actually, I can wait. I, I can wait. But there's some things I want to do, but it's going to be pretty rocking. It's going to be pretty awesome when I hear, enter into the joy of your master. Hot dog. All God's people said, hot dog. Philippians one verse twenty two. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. Verse twenty three. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. That's a no brainer, right? It's like I'm 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 being honest with you, Philippians. Philippians. I'm being honest with you. Be far better for me, man. You know, I've been around the block a few times. My bones hurt. My body hurts. Everything hurts. You know, I've been beat up so, so many times. You know, the apostle Paul was left for dead before, man. The, uh, the apostle Paul had a near death experience, or I, I think the apostle Paul had a death experience where he was taken up into heaven. You know, Either way, God took him up into heaven and most people think it was the time when he was stoned and I don't mean stone, like stone, stone, like hey, dude. but I'm talking about like stone, like people smashing rocks against his body. You know what I mean? <laughs> Forgive me, but you know what I mean? So, you know, they think that he died then. Okay, so anyways, he's called up into heaven. And all he can say is, I really ain't allowed to say a lot about it. You know, I can't say much, and what I can say, I can't really express. It's just really awesome, better than you can imagine. You know what I mean? Matter. I, I, and I don't even think that we really have the ability, you know, to express the wonders of this of this thing that is waiting for us. You know, but if you look at Second Corinthians four and verse seventeen, because talk, Paul talks about. His trip to heaven, um, to the Corinthian church. But I just want to read this briefly, Second Corinthians four and verse seventeen, a little bit about what's waiting for Paul, and we can see just a little bit of his excitement, saying, "You know what? If they, you know, if, if this thing turns out this way, man, you know, if this ends up costing me my life, yeah, you know, okay, all right. For this light, momentary affliction." Listen to me. If your heart is heavy this morning because you've lost a loved one, if your heart is heavy this morning because of a financial situation or your own health or, or whatever, fill in the blank of what you might be going through, look at this. Second 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. For this light momentary affliction, it ain't going to last forever. For this light momentary affliction. This is the Apostle Paul says, this light... This tiny, tiny affliction, it's, it's, like a, it's like a bug bite. It's, it's, it's not going to be here forever, man. Well, I don't know. I know this cat that, that lost his legs and, and he's been hurting and, and he's been dealing with this thing ever since, ever since uh, he was in the war and his life ain't getting no better and all this and all that. Look, compared to what is waiting for you, it's only a moment. It's only a moment. I'm not saying your life's going to be easy. I'm not saying your life has been easy, okay? I'm not saying you're not going to go through hard times. But the Apostle Paul, who went through a lot of crazy junk, says it's nothing compared to what's waiting for you. It's amazing. Get excited. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I like that, beyond all comparison. When I look at Rachel Jeannie, I'm like, she is pretty beyond all comparison. When I look at Rachel Jeannie, I'm like, she is ornery beyond all comparison. No, no, but, but beyond all comparison. Okay, I ain't that smart, but you know what that means? That means beyond all comparison. <laughs> that means that you can't compare it to nothing you know. It's just amazing. Give the Lord some praise. Goodness gracious. Verse 24, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. I like that. I like that so much. You know, the Apostle Paul's like, man, I know a little bit about this heaven thing. I know a little bit about it, Caleb May. I've been there. It's rocking. And for me to just go there, man, that'd be so much better for me. But for you guys, for, for my students, for my pupils, for my friends over in Philippi and everybody else in all the other churches, it would be better for me just to stick around so I can continue to sow into your life. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Let's go to the next slide. And, and it's you see the the... If I could just have your attention for five... Five plus 55 more minutes, 59, 58, uh, just a few more minutes. Um, you see the, the servant's heart of the Apostle Paul, you know, as he's alone and he's he's doing the thing for the Lord. He's like, man, you know, I heard about, oh, so-and-so being, uh, you know, I, they uh, I took old boy, that other Christian cat. They, you know, they, you know, they killed him the other day. A real deal, man. This is a real thing. There's all this persecution going on. You know, God, if you decide to take my life, man, I'm cool with that. I, that, that sounds great. I like it. A little pinch, man, I'm gone. I can dig it. You know, but you see that servant's heart, and he's like, what's kind of more what I want? That, but that's what I want for myself. You know, but I have all these spiritual children, I have all these people that are depending on me to show them the way. Philippians 1, verse 25, Convinced of this, what I just talked about, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Man, I'm digging that so much. Paul's like, veterans will get this, you know, duty over my own desire, you know duty over my own desire god i'm really cool with just going to the other side man you know but i think it's more important it seems like knowing you god and knowing how you do things it seems like you're going to keep me around you know and that's cool too you know that's cool because i'm stuck between two things so you pick what's best you're god i'm not you know but i think I think knowing how you do things, I know that you're going to keep me around to, to serve these other people. It is that duty over desire. Now I want you guys to think about that for a second. You have all your dreams and aspirations and aspirations. Is that a, is that a real thing? Um, <laughs> I think I'm talking about medical stuff all of a sudden. That's never mind. See, that's, that's, we should probably just take a break for a minute. <laughs> You have all your, your things that you want to accomplish in your life. And those aren't bad things. I hope they're not bad things. But God says, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What are you truly here for? We are here to give God glory and honor. We are here to, to be servants of the most high God. Does that make sense? I'm not saying you don't plan. I'm not saying you don't go to school. I'm not saying you don't have careers and dreams and stuff like that. I'm saying God says, hey, put me first, man, because What God wants us to do is bigger and better than anything we could ever imagine. Even if that road's harder by a long shot, even that road is super much harder. That's correct English. Super much harder, you know, than the road you got picked out for yourself. You want to go down the road that God picked out for you. That's what you're here for, man. Give them some praise. Paul's saying, saying, man, it'd be awesome to get out of here. You know, I am so tired of these guys beating me up, man. You know, that junk hurts. You know, but look, duty over desire. I got that servant's heart. I want what God wants. Amen. Look at John 15 and verse 12 real fast. This is Jesus again. This is my commandment. Okay. If I command you. What am I doing? Well, if you command me, I know what I know what I'm doing. I'm laughing in your face. No, but see, this is God. This is Jesus, and He is giving you a directive. He's giving you a command. This is my commandment that you love one another. Man, now think about that for a minute, man. This is what God wants me to do—to love one another. Yeah. That's what he wants me to do. Even the people that rub me the wrong way, even the people that are weird, even the people that are just downright mean sometimes and talk, talk about me behind my back, you know what I'm saying? These types of people, uh, yeah. It's easy to be there for the, the nice, sweet bunny rabbit people. I mean, nice people, whatever. This is my commandment that you love one another. Well, how do you do that? As I have loved you. See that servant's heart that Jesus had? And we see that servant's heart in the Apostle Paul. And that's what we are supposed to do, man. To, to put uh, God's, uh, God's desires, God's will for my life above what I want out of my life. Does that make sense? Okay. And we got one more verse, guys, and y'all have been really, really well. Really, really well behaved. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Verse 26, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So so we're going to stop today where the Apostle Paul is just saying, man, how wonderful that look would be on your faces, man, if I burst through that door at Sunday church or whatever. Like, hey, Paul's here. You know, um, he says, I know you guys would love that to, so for us to be in the flesh, that would be wonderful, that would be awesome. We can grow in relationship, we can talk about everything we went through. I can hang out with the Philippian jeller. I can do all this stuff, man. We can have a good old time, we can grow in the Lord. I'm saying I understand, man. That'd be good, that'd be a good thing, that'd be wonderful. So the apostle Paul is allowing himself a little bit of thinking about how wonderful that would be. You know, but remember. It's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. Does that make sense? That's what we got to do. We got to say, you know what? Not my will, but God's will. Not my will, but God's